in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Hey everyone, this is Wednesday on KXAN News Today. We have some great weather ahead of us this week. Mild, sunny days, crisp, clear nights continue all week. That's the good news. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Erica Brennis. Yeah, crisp and cool out there. Kristen Curry joining us now, but... You do have some rain you're tracking on the horizon? Yeah, we already have our next storm on the way. In fact, two different cold okay. fronts in the seven-day forecast. So let me show you what I'm looking at right now. Radar is quiet. It's a nice, clean start to the day. You can leave the rain gear at home. We will not need the umbrella today. We're going to be talking about a good amount of sunshine. Live look outside from our KXAN TV studio camera there, courtesy of West Shore Home. It's going to be clear up top. I'll still be watching for maybe some patchy fog underneath, only because we've got light wind had some recent rainfall in some areas. It's possible that some of those clouds try and hug the ground, but not a widespread foggy morning for us. Temperatures a little cooler than what we had yesterday. Look at the 40s coming up in the hill country now. 43 Lano, 45 Fredericksburg, 49 in Vernon, I should say. And then Austin Metro Eastward, we have those 50s similar to what we had yesterday morning. From the 50s to the low 70s, we're talking high temperatures in those low to mid 70s today. Just a few degrees warmer than what we had yesterday afternoon and just a couple degrees above normal for us. But it is going to be a beautiful afternoon today and again tomorrow. Little bit of wind possible on Friday, but it's not until late weekend into next week do we start tracking some rain chances as our next storm system takes shape. So we'll focus a lot on what to expect over the next few days, but I'm going to preview our next weather maker coming up in your first winning forecast. Kristen, thank you. An Austin police officer shot during a hostage situation is back home recovering this morning. APD has not told us the officer's name, but they do say the officer is doing well. He was shot along with senior police officer Jorge Pastor on Saturday while they were responding together with the SWAT team for a call, a 911 call in that came for help. Pastor, along with three others, died at the scene. A woman called 911 after fleeing the home, revealing she and two others had been stabbed. APD officers entered the home and were fired upon. That's when they called the SWAT team and when they entered that house, Pastor and the other officer were struck by gunfire. Now a search warrant is providing some new information about the home, the site of the shooting. The document states the suspect was armed with a rifle, was wearing armor plate vest, and it says investigators looked to get some items from the home, potentially including any cutting instruments that might be there, body armor and any tactical gear. They also wanted cell phones, electronics as well to determine if there was any kind of prior planning to this. As the community mourns the loss of senior officer Pastor, one of the officers who also responded to that call honored him this week while running for charity. Sergeant Ben Mewis wrapped up a run from Goliad to the state capitol. We stopped at mile 90.97. Uh, to honor Officer Pastor, who we also lost this past weekend. Um, Officer Pastor gave his all, gave everything he had for serving this community. For months, Mewis planned to embark on that long-distance run this week in support of a local animal rescue. He says after everything that happened this weekend, though, he felt compelled to honor Pastor and the two other Austin police officers who died this weekend in unrelated incidents. 
As the Israel and Hamas war continues, NBC is hearing from the families of eight Americans being held hostage by Hamas. Yeah, for 39 days, they've been living in a nightmare, awaiting any kind of word of their loved ones. A deal to return the abducted has proven elusive. Esther Holt hosts an emotional discussion as this new family is on a mission in Washington, D.C. Do all of you believe that this administration is doing everything it possibly can to bring home your loved ones? So let me say that on the first week that this happened, we all took part in a meeting with President Biden. This was a Zoom meeting. He was very empathetic. He was very present. He heard each and every one of the stories. His heart is there, and he understands the graveness of the occasion. And he assured us that his administration would do everything to resolve this, and I personally believe him and found it very reassuring. Does anyone disagree or have a thought? At the end, talk is good. We want action. <laughs> It's been 39 days. Where's the action? Where's the bottom line? And I think what we're looking for is partnership. We feel the partnership of the US government. We feel that support. We're looking for partnership from governments, from people all around the world. This was an act of widespread terrorism. This morning on Today, more from Lester Holt's NBC News exclusive interview with the families. <laughs> An Amber Alert, maybe you got that on your phone. It is out this morning for an abducted 10-year-old boy. Police say that Ian Aguilar is in immediate danger. There's a picture on his screen, and you can find it on our website. They're also looking for this man, 38-year-old Juan Aguilar Cano, in connection with the abduction. He was last seen in Wilmer. That's just southeast of the city of Dallas. The Pflugerville ISD superintendent is expected to lead a new district in Harris County. Dr. Douglas Killian was named the lone finalist for superintendent of Cypress Fairbanks ISD. The school district is located in an unincorporated portion of Harris County, northwest of Houston. Killian has served as superintendent of Pflugerville ISD since 2017. He will have to undergo a 21-day waiting period and is set to begin work on January 1st of next year. Pflugerville ISD officials confirmed his selection but added it is unknown at this point when his final day serving in the district will take place. The new inflation report is out. What you paid more for this year. And if you drive in Austin, you know how crazy the traffic can be, but the new ranking for the city is among the worst traffic in the country. Hey there, good morning. It is 439 on this Wednesday. We've reached the middle of the week. Hopefully it's been a good one for you. A beautiful shot of the Austin skyline. A very crisp, cool start to your Wednesday morning. Consumer prices held steady in the month of October as inflation slowed further. Yeah, the latest report from the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that overall prices were the same as what we paid in September, but up 3.2% compared to what we saw a year ago. The Bureau of Labor Statistics said food and shelter costs also going up from last year. Meanwhile, gas prices going down, contributing to an overall drop in energy costs. The report will be a major factor in the Federal Reserve's next decision on interest rates. The central U.S. bank will meet for the final time this year on December 12th and the 13th. 
The North Texas School District that made headlines over an upcoming high school production of Oklahoma is reinstating the original cast and original script. Sherman ISD board members approved the move 7-0 after public comments during its meeting last night. Earlier this month, the district said students involved in the musical could not act in roles that did not match a student's assigned sex at birth because of the adult content in the play. After community backlash, the board then took back its decision to remove students and then approved a different version of the play. Uh, the board said was all for ages, all for all ages rather. But again, the original script, it is now back in place. The school board's president issued a statement apologizing, saying in part, the board embraces goals to address the diverse needs of students. Coming up, a new report is now looking at how the national power grid will hold up with winter just around the corner. The improvements the report points out in order to make power more reliable this year. Just how much state money has been approved to build the border wall as the border battle continues. Longhorns get set to go to Iowa State. It's not been pleasant for the Horns lately in Ames. And, well, one cyclone has some harsh words for the Horns. That's coming up. Good morning, beautiful live look from our camera at the city of Austin skyline. So happy to have you around on this Wednesday. Going to be a great day when it comes to your weather. Kristen has the latest on that. All the details you need to know as you wake up with us here on KXAN News Today. The vibes from South by Southwest earlier this year bringing back the retro sound of past success. You'll recall last March was the first full-scale South by since the pandemic canceled the 2020 festival just days before it started. Well, the organization released numbers calculating this year's event, and guess what? It brought in more than $380 million of economic impact, and that includes spending beyond what guests just pay to go to the conference. It includes the hotels, the restaurants, the bars, and the other spending as well. Now compare that to previous years where the pared down South by in 2022 brought in $100 million less. In 2019, the impact totaled more than $355 million. Well, we've seen how the last few winter storms stressed the Texas power grid, but now a new report finds several other electric reliability regions across the country are at risk as well during extreme conditions. Take a look at this map here. The North American Electric Reliability Corporation reports there's potential for insufficient operating reserves in these six areas, which include all of Texas, as well as the Midwest and parts of the Northeast from December to February. Now, the report says for power to be more reliable, improvements need to be made to the U.S. natural gas infrastructure. Under normal peak demand, the report says ERCOT should be fine, but if temperatures drop lower than past years, it says that's when we may see issues arise like blackouts. It also says ERCOT is working to add more capacity ahead of the colder months to minimize potential energy emergencies. I mean, I, I, maybe there's comfort in knowing that we're not alone in those struggles, <laughs> yeah. but it's still concerning to see so much of the United States at risk of yeah. losing electricity in times where you desperately need it. Truly. Yeah, I think we're still trying to recover from the last time that that, that, that happened. For sure, you know? yeah. yeah. And, Mentally, and it, at least. It makes you think about it. Every time those temperatures dip in the seven day, you, you mm, remember, two right? Two years in a row. We'll two do years that in a row. Let me show you what's happening outside now, because luckily we've got some time to prepare. We do not have freezing temperatures 
temperatures in this week's forecast. In fact, you'll notice we're not seeing anything on radar. And as far as the temperatures go, yes, it's it's chilly out there. In fact, a little colder than yesterday, but still not close to freezing. We're going to see temperatures walking out the door in the 40s, west of 35, along and east of 35. It's the 50s. So grab that coat before you go. Just know you won't need it all day. In fact, it's only going to be this morning that we see those 50s by lunchtime. I've already got us in the 70s here. Quick warm up today with high temperatures in those low to mid 70s here in Austin. And I'll tell you what, everybody's expected to be nice and comfortable today with that sunshine up top and your winds out of the north. I would say about five to maybe 10 miles per hour. That 10 miles per hour though is going to be the highest. It's going to be fantastic today. Make sure you get outside. Enjoy this nice stretch of November weather we're looking at. No rain today. No rain tomorrow, no rain on Friday. But we do, however, have some rain chances on the back end of the seven days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So putting this into motion here, we expect the cloud cover to come in on Saturday. You can see on Sunday, still on the cloudy side with perhaps a few spotty showers, but still looking at Monday as the best day for rain. But models came in a little drier this morning. So the new data is pointing towards, I would say, a little less coverage, a little less rainfall, but not completely dry. So still favored for a few tenths of an inch to maybe a quarter of an inch for most areas between Sunday, Monday, and maybe Tuesday, higher amounts in our north and east. But the seven-day forecasters, we've got some time to watch it. This first cold front coming in on Friday, dry. Not going to do anything for us except kick up the winds and drop temperatures just slightly. But even with that front, that 73 we see on Saturday is still warmer than where we should be for November standards. So not a cold front I'm worried about. I think Sunday, Monday is going to be the time frame here where we start to see some more some significant impacts. That cold front comes in on Monday, so the better rain chances will be Monday during the day. And the cooler weather will come in on Tuesday, high temperatures down to the lower 60s. Okay, thank you, Kristen. A new poll confirms what so many Americans have been saying for months. Tip fatigue <laughs> is real, and many are sick of the new tipping culture. A new Pew Research poll that found about 7 in 10 Americans think tipping is expected in more places now versus five years ago. Meanwhile, only a third say it's easy to know when and how much to tip for different services. The consumer is just absolutely tired of being asked to tip. They're tired of being asked to spend more money than they normally would on their goods or services. Coming up next on Today, breaking down the numbers and just how much people are tipping on average. Home prices, at least in Central Texas, are dropping. They keep dropping. October data from the Austin Board of Realtors shows they're down 7.5% compared to what we saw a year ago. Now, here's a map of the five counties the report highlights. The median average price in Travis County is the highest in Central Texas, averaging more than half a million dollars, followed by Williamson, Hayes, Bastrop, and then Caldwell counties. As for prices and as the prices drop, sales are increasing increasing about an average of 4% overall, showing more buyers taking advantage of lower prices. So the map shows um, the Abors County sale breakdown. You can see despite the increase in sales overall, Travis County sales actually dropped to nearly 8%. 
This probably won't come as a surprise to Austinites, but our city has just ranked in the top 20 for the worst traffic levels in the country. That's according to a report from financial news outlet 24 Wall Street. Based on 2022 data, among 292 U.S. cities, Austin ranked number 19 for worst traffic. You may think it's number one, but nope. According to the report, each Austin driver lost an average of 53 hours of commute time to traffic snags in 2022. Traffic delays also surged substantially year over year, climbing 65% in 2022 compared to 2021. Within Austin, the average commute time was ranked at 24 and a half minutes. How does yours compare? And about 91% of city commuters drove or carpooled to work compared to other modes of transit. Right now on KXAN.com, we have a complete breakdown of those top 20 worst traffic cities in the U.S. By the way, can you guess number one it was Chicago? If you have ever spent 15 to 20 minutes hunting down a parking spot when visiting Georgetown's Town Square, well, the city is working on making that process a little smoother. The Georgetown city manager said the city is building a parking garage at 5th and Austin Avenue. That's about two blocks from the town square. A business manager tells us the parking structure will allow more visitors to visit and admire what some call the most beautiful town square in Texas. I think a lot of the parking has been established as something that was efficient enough for what it was maybe 10, 15 years ago. But as all these people are coming in, we have noticed a need for definitely more parking. It's an $18 million project that's going to bring 300 more parking spaces to the area, and they expect it to be done by August 2025. Okay, as the war between Israel and Hamas continues into uh, its sixth week, tens of thousands of demonstrators gathered at the National Mall in support of Israel and against anti-Semitism. This was the scene yesterday. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu continues to reject calls for a ceasefire. Major players in Congress attended the rally, promising continuing support for Israel. America feels your pain. We ache with you. We stand with you. And we will not rest until you get all the assistance you need. There was a lot of security at the mall, and it was because of possible concerns when it comes down to outbreaks of violence between pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian supporters. A Burnett County judge held a hearing over whether the Ken Paxton whistleblower's lawsuit in Travis County can proceed. According to the Texas Tribune, Judge Evan Stubbs denied the Attorney General's request for a temporary injunction allowing discovery in the lawsuit to move forward. A separate hearing is set for December 14th on whether the case will move from Burnett County to Travis County. For a refresher, this lawsuit involves four of Paxton's former deputies who say they were fired for reporting him to the FBI in 2020. They maintained Paxton abused his office in order to help a friend and donor of his, Austin real estate developer, Nate Paul. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. Well, the Longhorns are hitting the road for their last scheduled true road Big 12 game. and. Well, how about a little trash talk to make things a little more interesting as they get set to go to Iowa State. Longhorns have struggled a bit in Ames over the last several years. Two years ago, got shut out in the second half, lost the game. Iowa State playing well, and they're right behind Texas in the standings. Usually, well, in this day and age, there just isn't much of it. That changed on Tuesday. 
It's definitely going to be one heck of a farewell present. You know, I think especially they're going to come in here on senior night in the dark. You know, I don't think they really know what is going to be coming for them. They don't have a good record here. Uh, we have a very distasteful in our mouth for them. You know, we definitely want to send them off the SEC with a with a loss on our end. But, you know, it's going to be a good game. Oh, yeah, it's just, you know, ever since I got here, it was Iowa and Texas. That was kind of the thing. And, uh, you know, the horns down all the time and whatnot. But it's just, you know, that program, much like Oklahoma, you know, they get all the big five-star recruits. They have all the nicest stuff in the world. And they just they just think they're, uh, you know, they don't stink, uh, put in layman's terms. But, uh, you know, they're just humans. And that's how I see them. You know, they're just people that have such a high ego that needs to be checked. Well, he is an academic All Big 12 offensive lineman, so maybe this was a calculated comment, or he figured, what the heck, why not let it rip? Iowa State and Texas, 7 o'clock on Saturday. UT women win last night big over UT Arlington. The men take on Rice tonight, 8 o'clock at Moody Center. Back to you. Tonight, we continue our three-part investigative series. Our team explores the connection between a 50-year-old state law banning homosexual conduct and the record number of legislative proposals introduced in 2023 impacting LGBTQ Texans, the long legislative fight to remove the measure from state code, and the people who oppose that move. I'm KXAN investigator Josh Hinkle, and that special report, Outlaw, continues tonight at 10. Online now, Outlaw, the digital investigation. Watch the full docuseries and explore our interactive elements on a half century criminalizing LGBTQ Texans. Check out additional stories on the record number of legislative policies and proposals impacting your community. And listen to a new season of our Catalyst podcast, taking a closer look at our team's personal and professional experiences shaping this report. It's all online now at kxan.com outlaw. And for those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Here's what else we're tracking for you in the 5 o'clock hour. The Dale Diamond is going to be changing in the next few years. The plans Round Rock has to build a whole new clubhouse for visiting teams. We're going to show you coming up.